The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of uh, BeMoreAchieveMore.com and I'm delighted to be back with you again for yet another week. Uh, this is the uh, 82nd show, so uh, uh, been quite a few of the, uh, the shows so far. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had the president of PRS Guitars, Jack Higginbottom, on the line and uh, a big thank you to Jack. I thought it was a, an amazing story of Paul Reed Smith guitars and how they went from Paul Reed Smith making them in his garage right the way through to uh, what I believe is an iconic guitar brand. Absolutely fascinating. So if you're not listening to that show, do take a listen. Uh, last week I was on holiday, so I took a, a week off and went to the south coast of England. And during that time, we replayed a show with Hilary Wilson on career success. Now, that's been a really popular show. A lot of people have accessed that. And Hilary really talks about how to uh, be the best kind of employee that you can be and uh, how to plan your career and add the most value to your employees so that ultimately when those opportunities come for promotions and things like that, they're looking at you. So, again, if you've not listened to that show, uh, well, well worth it. Um, So... To today's show, we're going to talk today about how to deal with people when people's skills don't necessarily come naturally. You know, do you have, for example, a natural bias towards systems, processes, facts and figures rather than interaction with people? When it comes down to it, these elements affect your decisions uh, more than the impact on, on people. I mean, so do these elements affect your decisions uh, more than the impact on people? And often I find that myself when I'm working with various clients that actually they're very focused on the task and that is more important than the task, the money, uh, the system, the process, as opposed to um, really connecting with people and making a decision. And that really takes into account, you know, uh, people, the environment, the culture, that sort of thing. Um, if you have challenges when it comes to dealing with, uh, you know, gregarious salespeople or marketers and networkers in your business or team, then this might be your personality profile. Successful people know that you've got to balance the need for systems, processes, um, managing the finances with the needs of employees, customers and suppliers. The former shouldn't outweigh building great relationships. And my guest today, Christine Marsh, she breaks the mold. She comes from a natural desire to focus on systems, processes and logic, but realise that you cannot have success without also getting the people aspects right. And if you tend towards uh, task and introversion, this show may be for you. If you're more gregarious, though, 
and you're thinking, well, this is not for me, then actually what you should do, and I hope through this show, is get a better understanding of the thought process of what might be your accountant, your lawyer, uh, your IT professional or project manager, and how best to deal with them. Christine's dream to be a corporate success in the late 70s appeared, in her words, unachievable. However, her belief that potential is linked to acquiring new skills overcame any objections. Using her results-focused, analytical and creative strengths, she got in the door and had a successful senior management career. Her key learnings were that cross-functional awareness within any business rather than a narrow silo mentality and the balance between efficient processes and effective people were what really made the difference. She survived a horrendous car crash, which refocused her on how to best use her practical tools and techniques. And she formed Prime Objectives in 1990. She's helped small and medium companies to major brands such as Rolls-Royce and Nissan and Ovarup address and resolve issues impacting on performance. Christine combines a passion for travel. She speaks all over the world. Um, and cross-cultural awareness with um, with this busy uh, speaking schedule. Uh, she has lectured at the highly prestigious University of Cambridge. So I'd like to say a big welcome to Christine Marsh. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm delighted to, to join you and uh, would like to say hello to all your listeners. Look forward to sharing some tips uh, that I've learned along life's path with you all. Could you share a bit about why this subject is close to your heart and it might also be interesting if you could just share a little bit you, know, you mentioned I mentioned in the bio that you had a car crash I mean maybe you could just share a little bit about uh, about that with us as well well I've uh, been extremely fortunate um, because I have been working within uh, manufacturing engineering so you have you have processes whatever goes in there's a process to get it out the door and keep the customer happy right quality, right price, all the judgment call anybody in business has to uh, satisfy with their customer. But um, in a rush getting home one night, uh, I actually overtook a Volvo. I believe you call them trucks. We call them lorries over here. And um, little did I know that it was a faulty one. The trailer brakes had, um, were near to rupturing because it had been into a ditch and coming down the hill, uh, they did rupture, and the cab brakes couldn't hold it, and I was the jam. It was actually 74 tonnes of combined weight of lorry, so it was actually an engineering um, awareness that rubber absorbs weight, and I managed to get my car onto the rubber wheels of the vehicle in front of me. The police said that that kind of processing, that analytical skill in what they said was 16 seconds, um, is just how my brain functions. I didn't want to die, basically. Um, so, you know, I'm very aware that we have ways of solving problems. That was an extreme case. So we say, we saying that you actually purposely, purposely hit the car in front to, to make... I had nowhere to go because it was stopped but I didn't want to go under. Now, emotion at that stage, if it had taken over, I would have frozen. But the logical, analytical part of the brain, the intuition, clicked in. And working uh, with engineers, I knew that you have an absorption factor between metal weight and rubber. And I saw the rubber wheels on a lorry in front of me. And in those seconds actually made a decision the last 
bit of momentum I had in my vehicle to get it onto the car and uh, multiple impact. There was nothing left of the car, really. But that that logic came in and overrode terror, to be honest. So I think we have to acknowledge that we have two sides to our brain. And I don't think there is anything such as a perfect profile. We have different strengths. And really, I've come to respect that because, unfortunately, some people are judged at not being as good at something. Um, I was actually called stupid because in my early childhood moving around, I came to reading very late, seven years old, before I could read. So I do have this passion not to prejudge people. And behavior is only observable action. What labels we put on people is um, really quite harsh. I think Eleanor Roosevelt's quote, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent, is one that I say to myself many, many occasions when I'm not reaching the standards I want to reach. How would you describe, um, I know you're very much into kind of profiling and tools and things. How, how would you describe, I've talked about you know, IT and systems and accountancy people. I mean, some people, are, those are good with people, but do you have a, you know, a, sort of a description a um, a view of uh, you know the kind of profile that someone might have who may not naturally be good with people I, I like to sort of differentiate with where the waiting goes and people who are focused on task I see them I either call them I want it now uh, merchants they're people very high powered and uh, they want it now, their language is what's going on, you know, don't give me the trivial detail, just tell me what the score is. And that can be very overwhelming to some people because when you're trying to explain to them why perhaps there is a problem and you go into too much detail, they see it as excuses or justification and they actually speed up and they go into really quite overt aggression, which is hard to deal with. And on the other case, they can do that perhaps because they're in control, either through the power of their personality or the power of their position. Uh, on the other hand, task focus can be the analytical aspect of evaluating risk. And the last thing they want to do is to sign something off if it isn't perfect. So, you know, that they are more insular or more introverted and they sometimes don't speak up until they know they're right. And then you have a problem because anybody who tries to convince them otherwise is making out they're wrong. So really the task aspect for me, um, if I was describing myself, my illusion was that I was very results focused and very direct and that had served me in the new product development within retail because you had to be correct, but you also had to get it out of the door before your competitor did. So I found it very chastening when I got feedback from somebody who told me I didn't have people skills. In fact, some people found my behavior intimidating now, I was really shocked with that because that was not my intent, but that was the result I had or the impact I had on people who found that just a little bit overpowering. Maybe you don't see yourself as being like that or, or come from an intention of being like that. I think that kind of feedback, it takes a brave person to give it to you. But 
I'm extremely grateful because it made me stop and think about what other people were contributing and their skills really were ensuring that we had robust processes. It's actually said that 70% of true productivity comes from people who like it peaceful and they will start something and they will continue and they will finish it. And that sometimes is seen as probably not the most sexy, glamorous profile, but without that, nothing happens. So I had to learn great respect for people within the organization that actually did come in every day and perform to a high standard. I used to lob um, obstacles in their way because I had new ideas or it wasn't quite the way I wanted it done. So patience was something that wasn't that high on my agenda, unfortunately. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. 
Hi, it's Chris Cooper of BeMoreCheapMore.com. Um, I'm with uh, Christine Marsh, and we're talking about how to deal with people when people skills don't come naturally. I just really uh, want to kind of end the, the, you know, the final kind of first phase of the interview that we started, Christine, um, by just asking you, what do you think are the, the consequences from people, um, it, you know, from people being themselves who are maybe of this orientation that we've described um, versus, you know, further developing their people skills? Um, I found it very much when you're trying to um, implement a project, you know, if that's you as a single person, you start something and you go through a process and you have to finish it. And, you know, if there isn't an appreciation and the synergy that comes together when teams function, I was actually looking at an implementation of an IT system and nobody really had spoken to the people who were going to use it. Now, they had very practical applications. So instead of what and why, their queries were, how can we make this happen? And no one had involved them. They were having this system imposed on them. And as a result, we hit major snags because they knew where the pitfalls were going to be. I think the worst one was where um, someone had gone off and worked and got a, an IT system to launch in an accountancy environment, didn't involve anybody else, and actually launched it to find that the systems weren't compatible. Now, if they had spoken to people on the how are we going to make this work, that would have been the very first question is, you know, how can we do it if we haven't got the same um, equipment? So I think it's, it is this awareness that fundamental to human contentment is you want to feel effective and everybody contributes. I, I guess the, uh, the other you know, th- key thing is that actually if you want to be a very effective leader or effective manager, you need to be able to relate and uh, be able to persuade and influence people of all different styles. So actually, uh, I guess you've got to sometimes move closer to them in terms of their style uh, to um, be able to communicate well and uh, have them have them take forward the things that you want them to take forward. Well, I think um, I personally had to study various profiling systems to find out because having been told I wasn't suitable because I was intimidating to follow my career path into learning and development without some kind of guidance to say, well, how can I adapt? You know, this is how I react. And I actually found the very well-known model of the DISC, um, the dominance, the influence, the steadiness, and the conscientiousness. Uh, I personally use Inscape um, because I found that has been validated in different countries. And what that does is give you tips on how to be more effective. And I've got some that I can share with you, Chris, if you'd like a few of them. Yeah, that'd be cool. could, could you just move your mic just a little bit further away from your... Is that better? Yeah, that's better. That's great. Yeah, a few of them, yeah. Right. So that's a simple process and a slight adjustment. So thank you for the feedback. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't work on that one. Um, So let's let's just look at this problem that I was causing my people. And I got them to realize that 
it would help me if they did something. For example, don't come to me moaning, come to me with what can be done and use positive action words and just give it to me in bullet points. Whereas I couldn't wait to get to, well, what are you going to do about it? And that took quite a lot of courage on their part. So maybe I had to adjust to them. So it's this little bit of adaptation. And I had to be clearer with telling them what I wanted in advance. So they had time to plan and stop this sort of accelerator brake thing that I was doing with them. So it's two ways, but without some kind of clues, it, it's really hard to know what to do. So I'm saying if you are faced with somebody who is coming at you like the truck coming into the back of my car, um, you know, you have to do something to get yourself out of that position. So what are your options? And the person then has to listen to what those options were. So listening was one of my big challenges because I was jumping to conclusions and solutions too quickly. Um, so what, are, what in your view, are the, the key things that um, somebody who's naturally task-focused needs to consider? I think they really do need to consider that, you know, they can implement anything. Um, they can impose it on people. But at the end of the day, they have to look at who's going to actually apply it and if you haven't engaged and involved them in the early stages, things start to fall apart later. So it's taking an idea, it's sharing it, it's then refining it and getting the scope. Then when you implement it, you've got an 80% chance of success. But if you short circuit it and you don't engage your people then you are actually building problems in advance that are going to surface later. Mm. I know when we spoke uh, a little while ago, you, know, you, you came up with some really good pointers about you know, things like culture and environment uh, and being uh, you know, things that you have to really be mindful of to positively engage with people. I, mean, I wonder if you could maybe share some of those with us because uh, there were some good, uh, good ideas in there. Um, certainly the, the culture and environment um, if you are looking at the way we do things around here, you will go into some companies that are very rigid. Um, certainly, if you're coming across cultural, a Japanese company will be very highly focused on process and reluctant to take risk. They plan and they analyze things. If you're in um, retail, you had to be very outward going fast reaction to changing situations so I think I find it fascinating are you drawn to a career that suits your trait or do you adapt when you get there to match the culture that's required of you and what's, what do you think is the answer to that um, I think you do find that if you can go in uh, being a bit of a, an ideas person uh, you can get buried sometimes when process and systems is repressing that and people often leave if if they're not conforming they're seen as mavericks now you know change is inevitable um, but misery is optional and I think what's happening now people are having to adapt more quickly you know you have to have this flexibility 
and that's putting a lot of pressure on certain cultures. Would you suggest that people, if, they, if they're of a certain style, that they should yeah, seek out the culture that does match their I, particular traits? Or, um, or, or, is, or is it, I suppose, also you've got in, in, in an organisation that in particular functions within that business may well have that trait anyway? Yeah, I think you, um, I mean, I often go in, I work with one uh, team, it was a a cereal manufacturer, and we were looking at research and development. And when we actually looked at it, they were just quality reassurance. They weren't doing research and development to come in with new ideas. And they were losing such valuable um, entrepreneurial ideas because they didn't have a forum for discussing new ideas. So we set the forum up. Um, so you, you can make changes along the way, but I think a lot of companies, um, I just look at it as the return on investment. They have paid for systems, IT systems, the computer says kind of thing, where you do feel very uh, restricted. You're, you're looking at, for me, um, what I call ROE, which is return on people's energy, their enthusiasm, their effort and if you're going to try and harness that you have to create a forum so um, I've got a model that I'm sure we'll be discussing called the gearbox model which might help okay um, so is, is that something that you want to speak about right now or should we speak about that a bit later well if if you're thinking of the style it would it would fit now Chris if you're okay with that but um, we've got about uh, three minutes left till commercial break so that you know so Okay, well, let me just explain then. Um, If you are driving a car, a lot of people with automatic gear shift, the car adjusts to the road conditions. When you're working with people, the style that you have has to be adjusted to the situation and to the individual that you're dealing with. So I just refer to it as a gearbox. Now, I have to do this manually initially I have to think what is the situation now certain things have to be enforced and some people feel very comfortable with just telling somebody what to do the skill is to move from that first gear to second gear where you can't change it but you can reason and explain why and treat your staff as adults and involve them in the compliance with what has to be enforced. And some people, some companies only ever work in that gear. Some cultures only ever work. They wait for management to tell them what to do and they comply with it. Engagement is big news here in the UK and the government has spent a lot of money on research to say the companies that do engage their staff, I call this third gear where you have a framework of things that you have to comply to, but you open it up for ideas of how you could improve it and you give credit to those that work, you come back with why things can't happen or you put it into the the think pot of maybe we can do that, but let's put it into project format. Now, that's a very exciting stage and it's one I love working with. I think in America, the word empowerment is used. Now, that really is allowing incredible freedom, but the risk goes up and the trust goes up um, because this is sometimes where someone who has this need for control 
and nobody will do it as well as I can, finds it almost impossible not to do what I call intrusive monitoring. They give a task and then they're breathing down someone's neck and looking over their shoulders to see if it's done properly. So that is a trait that's really hard to break and you promote people to manage others, but they won't let go. And that's very difficult. So that's the enforcement, gear one and two. Engagement, gear three, where ideas are honoured, valued and actioned wherever possible. Right up to fourth gear where you're on a roll somebody's told what to do, left alone to do it, and expected to achieve the results. So that's the four gear. We've got to get a commercial break now. We'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. tuned in to be more achieve more with host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to info at be that's info at be now back to chris cooper hi it's uh, chris cooper be and cc1consulting.com i'm with uh, christine marsh and uh, christine you were talking about um, the gearbox model. And it was interesting what you were saying at the end of the model there about you know task focused people often find it difficult to um, you know get off the back of people and give them the freedom to get on with it. I mean, from your perspective, how do you best assess someone's style? Okay, well, um, if you think about a continuum of, of adjectives, 
at one end there's amiable and I think most of us will see those people as easy to relate to. Um, they are um, able to make conversation. They'll work well within the team. So I think amiable comes from Amy, the French for a friend. So that is an environment that we will move away from sometimes when difficult decisions have to be made and certain things have to be assert, asserted, like the enforcement. And some people who've worked well within a team find it very uncomfortable when they get promoted and they now have to take those kind of tougher decisions. So I would be looking at um, that sliding scale of where would you pitch somebody in your description of their behavior. So, for example, um, if I'm very strong on people skills, good at building relationships, I would love to see myself as enthusiastic and influencing and having this lot of energy and emotion coming in. On the receiving end of that, you may come across as unfocused, a bit of a drama queen and manipulating. So it's quite hard to understand how you're seen because you think you're really good at people skills. Um, somebody who is implementing things and starting and finishing it will be very helpful, very patient, very predictable. And unfortunately, we can take advantage and use and abuse that, and they can be seen as a bit of a pushover. Um, and um, that, that's a shame. So I had to learn for myself to value um, the positive aspects of that element. So that's really looking at the people side. Does that help, Chris, at all? Yes. Yeah, so, so what are you what are you describing? Is so? Are you saying that with with an, an amiable that in your sort of style then? You can do a bit of that, but actually what you have to do is uh, when, 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 when the difficult challenges come up, you go back to type. Um, yes, I mean that there are, this is why I like the gearbox and I tie the two together because one of the things that's very frustrating when people believe you're engaging them and actually you've already decided how it should be done. You can't play games if you are going to engage people and you want this process um, to work, then you have to listen, not predetermine. So if you come on the other side of the task and you're doing your analytical skills, you will pride yourself on being accurate from being systematic. Um, you don't like emotion. You can actually be seen as a little bit aloof um, and you do like to get things correct. So the drive is I do actually want it right and those people aren't doing it to impress you. It took me a while to appreciate it. It is that inner driver for perfection that they're seeking. But they can be seen as very negative because they're constantly questioning everything you're trying to do. And um, I'm going to give you some tips later of how to get the best out of these styles. I think um, this D for dominating, the direct, fast-paced, demanding... The feedback I found very hard was that I was seen as intimidating, a bit impatient and even arrogant um, and overriding people. So I think if we just keep it simply initially to task, accelerator or break, control, risk, and then over to the people side is who I'm working with, uh, the enjoyment, uh, the fun, 
the ability to create relationships, bring and inject enthusiasm and underpinning that with people who will then work very steadily through the process and make things happen. So I, in my mind, like to split it task or people and how do we get the most, uh, sorry, the best from uh, those two uh, very strong traits. You've said to me that uh, style and it's all a question of uh, perspectives. Yes. I mean, you said that when we were, we were planning this interview. You know, what, do you want to explain what you mean by that? Um, well, I think um, however you do process information it comes from your experience, it comes from your preferred trait. So we have this filter and we are very clear of, on our own point of view what happens is when we become irritated because somebody doesn't see it the way we do. And I think there's no worse enemy than silence when you actually become irritated with somebody. So it's really trying to ensure. Um, but certainly when disconsent sets in, um, I really do need to get communication rebuilt again because otherwise people entrench. So most of the work I'm doing is actually resolving issues that are impacting on performance. And usually that is when communication is broken down and empathy isn't there. There's no movement to understand. People decide that my way is the right way and then you have real problems and you waste so much energy um, with this kind of interaction it actually takes the eye off the ball and getting things done you have to resolve that because it's I call it energy vampiring it's horrible you're going in knowing there's going to be a bad atmosphere and not quite certain how to to move it forward you you've also mentioned to me before about something called a self-model yes it went well you use well considering different perspectives do you want to explain what that is um, it's when, when I'm actually mediating or facilitating when conflict has arisen, you have to get this perspective down because otherwise you're just going around in circles. And, you know, self is something that's continually growing. We, we have to be willing to grow. And I think the behavioral aspects is one that people don't accept that perhaps they're part of the problem. Um, I give the analogy of going to the doctor with aches and pains and everywhere you point hurts and they actually point out you've got a broken finger. So whatever you're touching is hurting. So the self-model really is first of all clarifying your own perspective. So the S stands for what is the situation? You're allowed one sentence. What emotions does that actually provoke in you? That is the E then come down to let's use our logic and get the facts straight. Otherwise, we make assumptions and um, that's where we go wrong. And we start to exaggerate when we're in emotion state. So I have to defuse it. And the F stands for the future. So who are you talking to? Are you talking about somebody or are you talking to them? Because that's the way you resolve it. Uh, we don't want people to be bellows and make it worse by lobbying. It's really addressing the issue with the individual involved and looking at options and trying to come away from do it or else kind of thing. Can I just give you a very funny story, Chris, on a personal level on this one? Yeah. 
Uh, it's about a dishwasher and how you fill the dishwasher. Um, my husband does it one way. He fills it from the front. And I get really annoyed because, to me, logically, you fill from the back. So whenever you pull it out, you know how full it is. So the situation, we had a broken glass. My emotion was his method was to blame. The facts were that I couldn't prove it. I'd made an assumption. And his solution was, if I wasn't happy, I could fill the dishwasher myself. Yes. So in business, sometimes people, you get the overt aggression. However, it's the covert aggression. And that comes from somebody who's having something imposed on them that they don't agree with. They don't get angry, they get even. They withdraw their energy from making it work. Sure, so I understand. We've got, just got a couple of minutes till we go to um, commercial break now. And I just wondered, you know, how you recommend people go about creating the necessary change in themselves, be really more aware of people. Because, it, because, because it's very easy when you, you pull back to type and, and, and you're focused on tasks, just not really to consider Right. Can can I give you how we then use the self-model? What I did with um, a, a quality assurance manager, he filled in the self with his own perspective. Now, he was off the Richter scale with I want it right, and his process had been broken into. When he actually had the manager fill in the self from his perspective – they began to understand where the friction was. They viewed the situation differently. The manager had seen by giving him more opportunity to develop, uh, he was being a good manager. However, he'd seen it as criticism that he wasn't doing his job properly. And I think you have to be open. So the self-model helps you to see what are the emotive reactions and what are the logical processes and help you move forward together so it's coupling behavior with how do we sort this out in a practical way and move forward together right we're going to go to another commercial break now our last one and then we should be back with you again in just a couple of minutes okay when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of The Costa Report, every Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. This week, my guest is the former Secretary of the Treasury under President Bush, Mr. Paul O'Neill. Mr. O'Neill will be here to talk about why reinvesting Clinton's surplus in Social Security was a good idea, how the current global recession was predictable, and what is needed to secure America's financial future. Don't miss Paul O'Neill this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com. Uh, we're talking about with, uh, with Christine Marsh about how to deal with people when people's skills don't come naturally. And Christine was just sharing her self-model. And uh, and again, Christine, from us, us having a chat before, as we, we have done, you you talked to me about the importance of just making sure that in you know, each interaction that you create allies and not opponents. Um, and I guess with the, the type of nature of, of a very task-orientated uh, person, you could sometimes um, create more opponents and allies, perhaps. Uh, do you want to just share a little bit about your thoughts about that? Um, yes, I think one of the things that you're looking at is in the pressurized time that we're working, we were talking about this incredible drain on energy if people aren't coming with you and fighting against the flow of what has to be done. And the skills really of engaging people to take on these responsibilities and work with it. And I think what we're trying to do is get a better understanding of ourselves it's amazing how many things things we prefix with self, you know, self-awareness, self-esteem, um, everything really of, um, you know, self-criticism. Um, we're very clear on how we function. The skill is how can you create empathy and make that movement to understand where somebody else is. And then you can start to perhaps value those differences. Um, I had one manager who was getting very cross with their PA who took so long to do something because they kept checking and rechecking. And what she hadn't realized, the pressure she was putting on, this lady was panicking that there would be an error and she would get into trouble. Now, once she realized that woman would add value by making certain things were accurate, she stopped hassling her. She would always check it twice, but she went away and did something else. So they began to trust each other rather than misunderstand what was actually going on. So it's those kind of things of how do you take the strengths of people and what drives them and bring together the synergy. Um, the synergy really was explained to me by an engineer I think the saying, the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of the individual parts is one we know. But he actually took five pencils and he put them side by side. And he said, those are the functions 
I can split them because they are independent. They are not interdependent. However, if I put one on top of the other, the load-bearing now creates synergy. It will stand more by people supporting each other. So I think this really getting uh, over the ally bit and quick wins, fine, I may score points, but at the end of the day, you should be setting people up to succeed around you. And you do that by appreciating what they bring and utilising those strengths. Do, do you think, are we saying people of this particular nature may be you know, more competitive than others? Um, I think we all want to be effective. So if, if you want, how, how I would use it just on the tip point of view, if I wanted something done quickly and someone who would bring that energy, I would make certain that they knew what I wanted so they could fight my corner. If they don't understand, they can't support me. If I'm looking for somebody who irritates me because they want to dot the I's and cross the T's and they won't sign it off and they find errors... I would actually change my language. I would involve them early and go up and say, this is a draft copy of something. Have I missed anything? Now, they will get the highlighter pen out. They'll find the errors. But when you go to a meeting, you have got a support there from somebody because they've actually helped you by bringing that analytical skill as an ally rather than an opponent in the meeting. So, so it's those kind of things. Do you want me to cover the other two now, Chris? Yeah, I do, yeah, sure. Okay. So what I'm doing is I'm using the high energy of uh, um, a results-focused person by giving them the correct information on which they can make decisions in bullet points. If I want to be certain that this person doesn't knock me down at a meeting or fault find, I go to them earlier and I use their expertise and I use, can we trial this draft form? And that way you actually come out with something stronger because they've already done the editing process for you. If I want to ensure that the process is robust and is going to work, I will go to somebody who knows how it does work. And I will give them advance notice that we're going to go from, um, you know, this delivery to that delivery. And I give them time to think how they can come around it. But I usually ask them to work with somebody else because they're good team players and not put them in the spotlight. Because sometimes people who are more introverted like to quietly get on with things, don't like it when you suddenly say, and how would you do it? They really get a little bit frazzled by that. So just some advance notice, really, of what's going to happen and let them think about it so that um, they can come up with a pragmatic approach because they will have to make it happen. One of the challenges who I really found hard work were the people who have to talk a lot. Even if you give them written information, they say to you, yeah, and how, how's this going to work and who's involved? And they want to talk. And I'm thinking, well, it, it's written. Why don't you read it? 
but they need to actually verbally engage with you. Now, that can be great, but it can also be time-consuming. So you have to be very careful that you allow them the opportunity to talk with you, but you try and schedule that in to say, let's go through this and chat chat through uh, the implications. Um, they can get bored, and unfortunately, if you don't keep that energy engaged, um, they go and start talking to somebody else and interrupt them. So we all have these little irritant things. The key thing is, is to look at what are the strengths. My advice is don't overuse your strength and be very careful of where you have to stretch outside of your comfort zone to adapt to somebody else's need. Great. Well, we've just got a, a sort of couple of minutes or so left, left of the show now. I just wondered, you know, what would be your key messages for a minute actually um, that you'd like to leave us with oh right um, well uh, the dynamics of human beings really um, are the challenging side a process you, you follow it but people are individuals and this skill of being more empathetic I think is something very important um, I'd like to just give you the quote from John Dury because please anybody out there just think about self is not something ready made it's something in continuous formation through choice of action so what actions are you going to do differently tomorrow when you see the irritant can you just think of what that person is trying to bring to the party and can you perhaps have been more effective in how you interact with them because empathy is the movement to understand the perspective of another human being. And sympathy doesn't get you anywhere. You really have to be in a position to listen to each other. Great. Christine, I'm going to say, uh, leave it there. Thank you very much indeed um, today um, for your time. It's been great talking with you. And if you've got any questions or feedback, please send them to me at chris at bemoreachievemore.com. Leave them on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash bemoreachievemore. Um, if you want to find out more about Christine, um, you can check out Christine Marsh CPT on LinkedIn or Google um, her website. Uh, and uh, to find out more about her. And for next week's show, uh, we have um, Steve Abel. And Steve's going to talk to us about how to build a business without you. Um, Steve is a, a true entrepreneur. He set up eight businesses before he created a truly innovative uh, business opportunity with parcels for delivery. Uh, he's, a, he's a real entrepreneur with some amazing stories, and, uh, which I think you'll find both sort of entertaining um, but also uh, very, very thought-provoking. So do join us again next week, and in the meantime, have a fantastic week. Thank you. Good, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.